Welcome to another episode, a month apart from the last, more than a month apart from the last one of Once Upon East 112. We went into hiding apparently for the past month, uh, aka <laughs> work, work started and then, ooh, it's just been a whirlwind. But here I am, Aaron Aver, with me as always, Donatus Carroll. Donatus, how have we done for the past month? <laughs> Man, I, uh, it's, there's been some times where I've been sinking, and there's been some times where I've been swimming. And uh, last last week was one of those weeks for me, man, where there was, uh, like, within the same day, man, it was like I was – everything was smooth sailing. I had a big house with, you know, a beautiful wife and beautiful kids, and <laughs> I was the CEO of a multi-billion-dollar company, and life was great. And literally, dude, within like the next two hours, it was like I was swimming by myself in a, uh, in a hurricane, in a category five hurricane with no life jacket and nobody to help. And I didn't know how to swim at all. So <laughs> that was, uh, that was last week, dude. And, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, it's probably been about the same for the past month. But how about you, Mr. Teacher, man? I, I'm sure as, as tough as my couple of weeks have been, it, it holds absolutely nothing. To, uh, to you as a teacher. First of all, quick shout out to those of you guys who are teaching our kids during this uh, crazy time. I don't envy you guys, but I am grateful for you guys. I don't have any kids, but uh, I, I'm a student pastor, and uh, I thank you guys for all the work that you're putting in. So I just want to give you guys a quick shout out. But uh, how's the teaching life, Aaron? Well, thank you, Don. I will speak on behalf of all teachers and say we appreciate you. <laughs> it's always dangerous speaking on behalf of everybody, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it. Um, oh, man, it's been, it's been crazy. We've been, uh, I guess I've been at work for five weeks now. We've had kids for three. Um, I'm in charge of distributing devices for our school, so making sure all kids got devices, hotspots, so they have Internet. Um, and I, I feel like I've texted you throughout these weeks and been like, Man, I'm swamped. I, I I have no time. Then I started grad school, and every Wednesday night, I have a uh, a two and a half hour long class, and it's whew, it has been a crazy few weeks. I'm glad we're. It, it dawned on me this morning when I I texted you and said, "Hey, can you record that this uh this Thursday begins the NFL season?" And in fact, yeah, this um, yeah, this this Thursday begins it, and we still have. One division left, so we got to make sure we get them in. So therefore, our bold predictions um, can actually not be seen as um, I don't I don't know how to word it. Like we we saw what was coming with week one, and then all of a sudden our bold predictions aren't bold because we already saw that you know the Cardinals <laughs> are going to be the best team in the division. You never know. Um, <laughs> so making sure we get this on the record beforehand. So we can hold claims to all of our, um, hold claims to all of our nice bold statements. In case you have forgotten our fellow listeners who realize that we went MIA a long time ago, um, <laughs> we are going to start with the least interesting team to the most, or not even to the most interesting team, to the division winner, or the, the reigning division winner. Uh, we kept the NFC West is our final division because I think this division may probably be the most interesting division based on what happened last year, based on what happened in free agency this year. Um, 
So they're our last last division to talk about. Uh, we're going to try and break them down the best we can. We're a little rusty. It's been a month. <laughs> it's been over a month since we talked about football um, verbally. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we're ready for the season to get started on Thursday. So the order in which we are going to go on that we have decided is we are going to go Rams, Cardinals, Seattle, and the 49ers. Um, and so let's start it off with who we think, which this wouldn't have been the case two years ago, but this year we are going to kick it off with the Los Angeles Rams, um, who I think is, in my opinion, the slightly least interesting team in this division. Um, and it's mainly because they had a giant dumping of players uh, this off season, like they were just trying to start all over again. Um, you know, they dropped Todd Gurley. They got rid of, didn't they have Brandon Cooks last year, and then they got rid of him. Yeah. Um, they, I, I just feel like they had a whole mass dropping of players. <laughs> Their defense, they, they cleared out, um, what's, what's Buddy's name with long hair that came from the Packers? Um, Clay Matthews, they let him go. They, yeah. Fowler went. I mean, they just they just cleared house. It seemed like in every aspect, um, and so this team, I think, is we're going to see a little drop off. I think, in my opinion, um, with the Rams, uh, they still have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup as their wide receivers. Um, Cooper Cup still a low key. I, somehow, he is still underrated. Um, in my opinion, people don't give Cup the. The, uh, the the recognition he deserves, um, but I know he slaughtered us last year. Cooper Cup did. Yeah. Um, he was always open. Um, my big concern with the wide receivers' corpse is they do play with three receivers. Um, really, outside of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, um, I don't know anything about Van Jefferson. I don't know who Tristan Jackson is. I don't know who... Uh, last name Webster, don't know how to say his first name is, don't really know much about Josh Reynolds. I know Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and that's all I know. Um, their, their offensive line is still pretty good. My biggest concern with the offensive line is Austin Corbett. Um, I don't know how he played with the Rams last year when we traded him to the, uh, to the Rams, uh, we being the Browns. Austin Corbett, we took him in the second round in Cleveland. He was a massive disappointment, so getting rid of him was a huge relief. Um, so I don't know, has he stepped it up? Has he not stepped it up? I know Andrew Whitworth is, is still really good, but he's, you know, he's getting up there in age. Um, as far as tight ends go on the offense, uh, I want to like Tyler Higby. He's been around for four years. I don't, he's, he's, hasn't eclipsed in my opinion on the top half of tight ends. Um, they got a rookie running back with Dar, with, with Daryl Henderson who, when Daryl Henderson did get to play over Todd Gurley, I wasn't too impressed with that. Cam Akers is a rookie, but he's not like that uh, elite rookie who came out of college into the pros. Uh, I know he, he does a lot of uh, receiving running back, which is good with that with Sean McVay's offense. But I just have so many question marks around this offense in terms of weapons and being able to score and being able to get down the field. Um, if we remember – uh, Jared Goff in his rookie year was terrible. Um, I mean, granted, we had Jeff Fisher, who we found out was a terrible head coach. But 
uh, Sean McVay came in, but they had weapons for him to work with. I, I don't know how these weapons compare to the weapons of two years ago when they made it to the uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think this offense is going to be a step down. But on the flip side, their defense, uh, as long as you still have Aaron Do- uh, Donald at defensive tackle, um, you're still going to be getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, him and Michael Brockers out there on the end. Um, I think their defensive line is good just for that main fact that when you have that Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, you're going to raise Kane regardless. It doesn't really matter what everyone else is. He's going to be coming down the middle just ready to to tear it up. Um, As far as their linebackers go, um, you know, they got Leonard Floyd, um, who's a solid uh, uh, linebacker. Outside of him, once again, I don't really know many of these people. And then when we get to the DBs, you have Ramsey, who had kind of, in my opinion, fell off a little last year. Uh, you have Taylor Rapp, who's a pretty solid safety. Um, and then that's that's about it. I, I don't even think their defense is as good as it's been in the past. I, I started out with this bragging on their defense because they have Aaron Donald. But looking at their defense as a whole, um, either they have a bunch of no-name studs or this team is going to take another step backwards as they um, – cleaned house of a lot of the, the players they gave a lot of money to. Um, Sean McVay will see how, how he can make it happen. Um, but I, I got, I got some concern for this team. What do you think? Yeah, man, you make a lot of good points and it's the same, same kind of questions that I have about them as well. Uh, you know, uh, I'm interested to see right now, looking at their depth charts, they've got uh camp acres, um, uh, slated to to start at running back. Um, I know that I've heard that there's been kind of a uh, a battle between him and Daryl Henderson Jr., um, who both of them. I think Cam Akers. I don't remember if he had too great of a, a year last year, but I feel like maybe the year before he was talked about as one of the top running backs in in the college in uh, college football coming out of uh, of Florida State. Um, and same thing with Daryl Henderson Jr. when he came out either last year or the year before. He was talked about as one of the better runbacks coming out of Memphis. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see who emerges at, at running back and then how they use him, uh, whether they go running back by committee or if one of those guys can really distance themselves, um, whether it's, it's Akers or Henderson Jr. or Malcolm Brown, who's been with them for a while and backed up Todd Gurley last year. Uh, like you said, there's, there's a lack of depth behind, uh, Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods. Uh, Josh Reynolds really needs to take that step because they're losing a good bit. Even, even though, uh, Brandon Cust was hurt a good bit last year, um, when Brandon Cust was on the field, man, he, he's, he's a really good wide receiver. And I think they're losing a lot from Brandon Cooks to Josh Reynolds. Um, plus you talk about the fact that Cooper Cup has had injury problems in the past. Um, when he's on the field, man, he's reliable. I think Cooper Cup is a very – I think you said this yourself. He's a very underrated wide receiver. Um, but his problem has been staying staying on the field over the past couple of years. Um, they've got pretty good tight end depth with Higby and Everett. Uh, Higby emerged towards the end of last year when Everett went down. Um, and so I think as I look at this offense across the board, I'm interested to see uh, who's going to be that third – um, that third receiver or tight end or whoever for the, for Jared Goff that that third target outside of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. 
Um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are both going to eat this year. Um, so if you have them in fantasy, I, I think you can expect big things from both of them. Um, but this is going to be the year. I think the biggest question is going to be how can it, can Jared Goff carry this team? Um, I think we're going to learn a lot about Jared Goff this year. I've never really been a big Jared Goff fan. Um, and I think this is a discussion you and I had maybe last year about whether Jared Goff was better than Matt Ryan or not. Um, I've never really been huge on Jared Goff, but they paid him a, a, a ton of money last year. Um, so it's time for him to take that step. It's time for him to become a top-10 quarterback um, because they're paying him like he is one. Defensively, like you said, um, when you first look at this defense, they, they, they've lost a ton of people, but it doesn't look like they they like they would struggle. Um, but as you kind of look more in depth, I've got questions about their pass rush outside of Aaron Donald. Um, and then corner outside of opposite of, uh, of Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams is super green, man. Um, he's young, um, he, or he's not young. He's 27, but he doesn't have a ton of experience. Um, last year he only had you know, 14 tackles. He had two interceptions, but, uh, he it doesn't look like he played a ton last year. Um, and then John Johnson is a pretty good safety, but then I don't know too much about Taylor Rapp. Um, either, like you were saying. So um, this defense is going to have to kind of take that next step. Like, they're going to need some production out of Leonard Floyd. He's going to have to live up to his his draft position a few years back. Um, they're going to need Samson Abukum to continue to, to grow, to take that next step. Same thing with Kenny Young and then Michael Brockers as well. So if their team can kind of come together and everybody can take that next step to live up to the potential that they're supposed to live up to, I think this defense will be all right. But um, if, if they don't take that next step, man, it could be it could be a very long season for um, the Los Angeles Rams. So um, Sean McVay kind of has his work cut out for him, man. But um, – Outside of that, man, I, I, I don't know. It'll be an interesting year in Los Angeles. I think another thing to think about is if they don't do well this year, um, do they look at moving on from Sean McVay? Because they'll be two years removed from the Super Bowl. And I think very quickly they're heading in the same direction that the Atlanta Falcons had in, headed in here recently where the Falcons had, you know, they've had back-to-back seven and nine seasons. And now you're looking at if they don't do something this year, Dan Quinn and uh, um, Thomas Dimitrov could both be losing their jobs, and I'm afraid you could possibly be looking at the same thing with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, two years removed from a Super Bowl berth, they could be they could be looking at maybe completely cleaning house if they don't kind of put stuff together this year. So um, they went nine and seven last year. Aaron, do you think they are over, under, or the same this year? Um. I was thinking about your giant take on firing Sean McVay. I don't even know if that's – I think this year, oh, even if they do go – No, I'm, I'm like, you just, you just slid that one in there. Um, I feel like it's different even though – <laughs> Well, they had a giant drop-off from their Super Bowl year, but they still went 9-7. and seven. I mean, I feel like they have to have something catastrophic um, – because before Sean McVay came in, they were a terrible team. It's not like the Falcons who were, like, constantly competing and then you bring in uh, Dan Quinn and then they're in the Super Bowl. The the Rams were trash. And then they brought in Sean McVay, who made them 13-3. and three. So I feel like it would have to either be, like, 
not even one catastrophic year. They need two catastrophic years, um, or a bunch of uh, maybe a maybe a, f- a few seasons of mediocrity. But the fact that he came in and turned a Jeff Fisher terrible team into a thirteen and three team, um, I think he needs a little more than that. I heard trying to fire Sean McVay. Good grief. <laughs> I, I didn't say that they should fire him. I just said they should maybe. I just him. said they should fire Sean McVay because he is not <laughs> doing his job right. They were nine and seven. Um, oh. I feel like this could go either way, man. Um, because it really depends on a few of these key games. I think they're going to go under. Um, I think everyone in their division this offseason continued to get better. Um, I think they started moving on from some big-name players who were owed lots of money, and I think that's going to come to get them. Um, I mean, they have a pretty easy first five weeks. I mean, they have the – I guess it's not easy, but they have Dallas, Philly – Buffalo, New York, Washington. Like they play in the first five weeks, they play the entire NFC East, um, <laughs> and then they start getting. And then they have Chicago. They got Miami. They got the Jets. Uh, they're going to go under. They're going to win either seven or eight games. Um, I think this year, this this year is going to be a. A struggle, not a bad, but a struggle year, and then they can rebound the following year, hopefully in free agency. What do you think? Uh, for all the crap that I just get, gave Sean McVay, man, I think I think he finds a way to kind of get this team. Um, I think they go undefeated. No, <laughs> um, there it is. All right, we're gonna move on to. <laughs> I think I think they win the same, man. I think they go nine and seven. Um. I think I, I I don't think they lose less than eight games just because um, they really don't have to me at least I could be wrong they really don't have that tough of a schedule um, they've the the entire NFC West plays the entire NFC East which like I mean the majority of those teams in the West could probably go three and one. Um, and might even go four and zero, depending on how how Dallas shows up. But I don't think you know the Eagles and definitely not Washington and the Giants are really anything to worry about. Um, so I think I think they find a way to to win to win nine games this year, saving Sean McVay until next off season, possibly. <laughs> yeah, firing him for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't uh, believe in that. After a while, I, after a while, you can you can only go nine and seven for so long, and you know possibly miss the playoffs. Or I mean, you know, when if they make the playoffs, not make a deep run. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I would love a nine and seven. That's you know that's just a dream for me. But here we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> yeah. After two nine after two seven and nine years, I'll take a nine and seven year too. But still. <laughs> All right. There we have it. Uh, I think they'll go under. Dodgers thinks they'll go to the same. Uh, moving on to our next group, which would normally have been our least interesting group, but they made some moves this offseason. Dodgers, tell us a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, man. So the Arizona Cardinals, dude, they're a team that I was super high on um, in the offseason. Um, 
my buzz for them or my hype for them has kind of calmed down as we've gotten closer to the season. Um, but I think this team got significantly better. Oh, significantly the strong word. I think they got a lot better, though, in the offseason. Um, and a lot of that has to deal with them adding DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so now you've got Tyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury in year two. Um, so I'm interested to see what do they look like in year two. They had a, they had an okay year last year. Um, they went five, ten, and one. Um, but those games were a lot closer than that record shows. Um, so I think, I think they take a pretty big step this year. Um, interested to see what Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury look like in year two. Um, I want to see if Kenyon Drake can continue to build off of his success from the second half of last year. Um, Kenyon Drake looked like a top 10, 15 running back towards the end of last year. Uh, can he stay healthy and can he continue to build on that? He had, he had years in Miami where he looked really good and then years where he looked really bad. Um, so what Kenyon Drake do they get? Well, then outside of that, what happens with the desk behind him? Chase Edmonds, we saw come in last year and do really well for David Johnson and uh and play play well too when they got Kenyon Drake splitting time. Then they've got Eno Benjamin as well, um, out of I think is he out of Arizona State? Yeah. Um who I who I thought was good in college, but he somehow made it to the seventh round. I think he could end up being pretty good for them. Um has DeAndre Hopkins had enough time to learn the playbook and get on the same page with Kyler Murray? I think the one thing that hurts the Arizona Cardinals is everything that's happened with COVID this year. Um, there's been a lot less padded practices and there's been a lot less time to get to know, um, to get to be on the same page with those new wide receivers and new quarterbacks. Um, I have questions about their offensive line. Um, they're not bad, but they're not, they're not great either. Um, so can that line protect both, um, Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray? Um, from getting hurt or Kyler Murray from getting sacked or whatever it is. Defensively, man, I, I've got questions about their, their defensive line. I want to see if they're able to get enough, uh, pass rush from those guys, Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips, and Corey Peters. Um, I'm really interested to see how they use Isaiah Simmons. Right now they've got him slotted at inside linebacker, but Isaiah Simmons, we saw at Clemson, he started off his career as a safety and then got moved down to linebacker. Um, they can move him all across the field, whether it's at safety or linebacker, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, if they want to stand him up and have him rush the quarterback. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, I think, is going to be like the next Derwin James, um, as far, as far as being a versatile player goes. Um, and then this secondary, man, this secondary looks like they're going to be pretty good. Um, can they be as good in reality as they look like they are on paper? Um, they're young. Both Jalen Thompson and, and Byron Murphy are, are 22. Buda Baker just got paid. He's like 24 years old. Patrick Peterson, I'm pretty sure, played with primetime back in the 80s. He's been there forever. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, anyways, I'm just, I'm just interested to see how that secondary looks because it looks like on paper that they could be pretty good. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of it for the Cardinals. It's just, there's a lot of question marks that, to where, if this was a normal year without COVID, I would I would think that the Cardinals would be taking like a really big step. Um but it's gonna be interesting to see how COVID affects um the amount of talent that this team has um on their team. So 
What are your thoughts about the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, you brought up some good points. Um, wh- one of my things I have down is one of my major concerns is everyone is starting to, to really laud and praise uh, Kyler Murray as one of the next great quarterbacks. Um, I, I say this, and it's not in 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 uh, jealous. This is it's nothing ill thought of Kyler Murray, but I'm interested to see how he responds to that. Granted, he unlike Baker hadn't said anything, but it's something about when you have that attention brought on you as a second-year quarterback um, that I, I, I want to see if he can live up to it or if he has a sophomore slump because people – you have more film on him. You know, you got yeah. a major weapon in Hopkins. Uh, how do they begin to spy you and target you and make sure that you can't get out of the pocket? He's mobile, but he's not like a um, – He's not like a Lamar Jackson mobile. Uh, so how are they going to – how are defense going to respond to Kyler Murray, and how is Kyler Murray going to respond to those defenses? So I'm interested to see how he does in year two. I'm interested to see, does this Hopkins deal work out? Um, they have a great trio of, of wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, who's about 72 years old, and Christian Kirk, who I like a lot. Um, and then they have Max Williams at tight end from, from Baltimore, um, like, see if he can step up, give him a nice tight end presence. Um, and then that running back position, I'm really intrigued there because it's either going to be really bad or really good. Uh, I think Kenyon Drake <laughs> yeah. last year was, like, licking his shots to be able to p- actually play because um, Miami wasn't even starting him. They didn't really want him. They got rid of him. And then when he got his chance, he took off. I want to see, does that Drake show up? Or does the Kenyon Drake from Miami for the years before last year show up? Uh, yeah. So which Kenyon Drake are they going to end up with? Um, Chase Edmonds, I, I, we'll see how that goes. I'm always wary on, on number two running backs breaking out and being studs when the starters get hurt because just like backup quarterbacks, I think they can be great for a few games, but are they the real deal? I don't know. Yeah. Um and if neither Drake or Edmonds is the real deal, then you know that Kyler is going to throw it 70 times <laughs> a game. Yeah. And then yeah. you just lock down Hopkins and you're just, that it's just not going to be good. Um, the defense. Good point. I think they have a pretty solid defense. I like their DBs. Um, I'm interested to see what Patrick Peterson comes out because last year he was suspended for seven games for PEDs. And then the, the back half of the season, he was, eh, he was all right. Um, he wasn't what we knew Patrick Peterson to be. So I want to see if he comes out. Buda Baker's a stud. Drake Kirkpatrick, um, he's coming from the Bengals, right? He never played anywhere else. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. He, he's, he's, he's on a new team now. Uh, he's now on that, you know, hit 30s, getting old. Um, Drake Kirkpatrick, as good as he was with the Bengals, was never like a stud stud like he was at Alabama. Uh, but I think this DB situation, if, the, if Patrick Peterson of old shows up and Drake Kirkpatrick gets a new sign of life um, with this team, I and mean, he played with the Bengals for a while when they were terrible, so hopefully this revitalizes him. Um, their defensive line is, is pretty solid. My concern is I am actually on the other end of feelings towards Isaiah Simmons. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm not sold on him. I know he's a Swiss Army knife type player where you can play him wherever, 
But the last yeah. one of those, like the true last one of those to come out, uh, was in the form of Jabril Peppers. And he never panned out like that. I'm afraid, and, and from what I've listened to other people with Isaiah Simmons, um, it's all about knowing how to use him and not the fact that yeah. he can play anywhere. Um, and so I think if they really look at Clemson and look how Clemson used him and what situations they used him, um, hopefully he'll be successful. They have Vance Joseph as a, as a DC. I like Vance Joseph. Um, hopefully he knows how to use them. But I, my, my big issue with those players, because I was a big Jabril fan in college, and then we drafted him, and then he was nothing like what he was like what he showed us in college. And I, I think that just shows the two different types of play in the NFL to college. Yeah. And so, is Isaiah Simmons going to be that freak of nature, play anywhere, do anything that he was at Clemson, or was that just a college move and now? He's just a starting linebacker, safety, whatever you put him at. Um, so I, I'm actually wary of Isaiah Simmons, and I'm not sold on the fact that he will um, be the all the rage that everyone thinks he will be or wants him to be. Um, on the flip side, another thing to watch uh, is the Cardinals kick game. So... The year that, uh, I believe it was two years ago, the year that, um, that we could have easily been in the playoff, um, we had this kicker by the name of Zane Gonzalez, um, uh -huh. who lost his two consecutive games, one to the Saints and one to the Steelers by missing field goals, and we cut him. Well, he is their kicker, so, uh, you know, just let's watch <laughs> and see if he, if, if they can make some field goals this year. Um, Somebody but outside knows. of that, that's, <laughs> That's my my feelings towards the Cardinals. I think I, I all suddenly do not find them as exciting as I thought they were now that everything is, is tamed down. All they did was add DeAndre Hopkins um, and draft Isaiah Simmons. They uh, People have praised Kyler Murray as, like, the next top five greatest quarterback ever. And, I mean, he was good last year, but Baker was good his rookie year. Uh, if that year two gets you, I mean, difference is, once again, Baker ran his mouth and Kyler Hatton. But um, I'm not convinced that Kyler's going to have the same year he had last year and that I'm not convinced Kingsbury I'm, – I'm, I'm going to say Kingsbury had success last year. They only won five games, but they were a truly terrible team. Um, but in terms of being able to call an offense that looked um, competent, uh, like we had a better record in Cleveland, but we didn't look competent. They looked competent. They just didn't have the players. Um, to see if this Cliff Kingsbury show goes off, or is he going to be selling that house that he was sitting in during the draft with that uh, <laughs> with that pool and the and the fire in the background? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Arizona won five games last year. What are they doing this year? I've got them going over, man. I've uh I've actually got the Cardinals finding a way to win nine games this year as well. Oh, oh, hold yeah. on now. Yeah, I'm uh. You I'm, said I'm, nine I'm with a, a nine, nine with an yeah. N I N E. Is yeah, that how we're spelling nine. that? N I N E. Put yeah. it down, people. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals will win nine games this year. 
I just think, I'm, re- I don't I'm, know, I'm running through I, all mine, and I'm like, where is he's nine at? I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't a big believer in Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, and I'm still not like, uh, I'm not all in on Kyler Murray like I am with like Drew Locke and some of those other guys. Um, Doesn't make sense. But I just, I think they're just, they're too talented at the skill position to not put points on the board. Um, and again, the NFC West, I don't know that there's anybody that really has a tough schedule to me. Um, like they play the NFC, they play the NFC East, man. That's like that's three games right there, and then they play uh, they play uh, the the New York Jets. That's a win. Um, I think they found a way to kind of split throughout the division, so that's three wins. They have Miami at home. That's another win. And uh, so I don't know how many wins that is, but that's that's got to be close to nine. I think they beat Carolina in Carolina. Um, they just, I mean, look, dude, they like within the, their first five games, they played Washington, Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets. Like that should be an easy four wins right there. Now, granted, they go to Carolina and to New York and to the Jets, but I mean, the, the Jets are like a playing a, a JV team in high school. Um, and so I don't know that, I mean, they start, they could start off the year four and one right there and, uh, they find a way, they get another win against Miami, the Giants later on. And then, and then if they split with, uh, they split in their division and beat Philadelphia, that gives you nine wins right there. At least it should, if I did my math right. All right, let me tell you how this is going to go. All right. <laughs> let me let, let me run the schedule for you. Let me set let me set you straight here. <laughs> I I agree with that first half. They're losing to the Niners in in the opener. They're they just they're not going to have it together for that. They're going to beat the they're going to beat the Washington football team. They're going to beat the Lions. They're going to beat the Panthers. They're going to beat the Jets. There's four and one. I give you that. That's yeah. correct. They're yeah. going to lose to the Cowboys. They're going to lose to the Seahawks. That is four and three. Four and three. Okay. They're going to beat the Dolphins. That's five and three. They're going to lose to the Bills. Because I, I have, I know we've passed the AFC, um, whatever they're a part of. Um, what are they in the AFC East? We pa- I, I know we've passed the AFC East, but I have grown like, I've become higher on the Bills now. Um, we'll talk about them throughout the season when we do recaps, but I have like amplified my Bills how I think they're going to do. But anyway, that's not the point here. Uh, they're going to lose to the Bills. They're going to lose again to the Seahawks. They're going to... Okay. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to give them the Patriots. That's six wins. Okay. They're going to beat the Rams. They're going to beat okay. the Giants. That's okay. eight. They're going to lose the rest. So... <laughs> You know that they're going to beat the Eagles, but you didn't want me to be right. That's eight wins. I was going to go over. I was going to go over. Um, I was going to go over at seven wins, but eight is close to seven, and it's not nine. So they're going to have you. You know that they're going to beat the Eagles at home, and you just don't want me. No, they're not. No, they're not. Eight wins. They're going to go eight and eight. They will improve by three games. But they will do no better than that. Eight and eight is what is what the Cardinals will do. When I'm wrong, I at least admit that I'm wrong. 
you just want to be right so dang bad. I you am correct. Be beat the Eagles. <laughs> they are going eight and eight and no better. Uh, whatever. Oh, man. man. <laughs> All right. There's the Cardinals, folks. Right. Only going eight and eight. <laughs> did you start the Cardinals or did I start the Cardinals? I think you did. I did. Yeah, I did. All right, here we go. <laughs> On to the Seahawks. <laughs> um, all right, so this is a team that um, there's a few things that interest me about them. Their offense, I'm actually not all that concerned with. Well, there's mm, not really. So, like, they have yeah. DK Metcalf, who I think came on pretty strong near the end of the season. They have Tyler Lockett, who's a low-key, like, top-ten wide receiver. Um, yeah. And they have Philip Dorsett, who he's not all that relevant, but he can get the job done because he doesn't have to be a number one. I think when he was drafted originally five years ago, it was with the intent of him being a number one with the Colts. Um, I don't think he's a number one, so therefore we never saw him um, really take off. I, I think he is good in a situation where he just – has to get open from time to time. And with Tyler Lockett and with DK Metcalf, that's a good position for him. So they got a pretty good receiving core. The, their line is is pretty good. Um, I don't know much about all of them. I do remember um, seeing on Twitter that some people were roasting um, Mina Kimes for the fact that they paid Cedric Ogubaini, I don't know how to say his name, um, a whole <laughs> bunch of money to come in and be terrible. So apparently their right tackle is bad. I don't know. Um, but I do know <laughs> that it doesn't really matter too terribly much. Like, they may not be great, but when you have Russell Wilson behind you, um, you have some leniency. You have, you have some area where, where you don't have to be the best best. Um, because yeah. Russell Wilson, he, he's just one of those that gets the magic done and he's really good. Um, I'm interested to see how Greg Olson responds coming, like he's, he was injured two years ago last year. He was on and off injuries and had a down year. I want to see how he responds on this new team. Um, you know, he's getting pretty old. He's 25 years old. He's 20, no, he's not. He is 35 years old. Um, <laughs> I want to see if he can still be relevant. Um, I'm actually not all that sold on Will Disley. I know a lot of people are big on him, and they're like, look out for Will Disley. But I'm not I, – I, I have heard that name, I have heard that name, I have heard that name, and I have seen nothing from him. So I am not sold on Will Disley, but I do like Greg Olson if he's healthy. Russell Wilson's a stud. He has the weapons to throw to. He spreads it out well. He, he's insanely accurate. Um, and then he has a pretty good running course behind him. Chris Carson, you know, a seventh-round pick in 2017 – um, has has come on to be, you know, a very productive, solid starting running back. Um, he, he's not your lights-out stud, but he more than gets the job done. And then I think if you pair him with Carlos Hyde, I do still think Carlos Hyde is a pretty solid running back. So if you use them in tandem format, I think, he, I think Carlos Hyde is a better tandem running back than he is a – the sole running back. Um, yeah. I think where we've seen Hyde have the most success is where he got to pair up with a really good running back. So I think this is actually a really good fit for him. Um, that's why he wasn't successful in Cleveland or Houston is they wanted him to be the guy. Um, right. And then he, he couldn't be the guy, but he can be a tandem. Um, so this, this, off, this offense, 
really good. Where I'm concerned for the first time ever <laughs> is their defense. Um, their linebacking corps, probably the best linebacking corps in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Bruce Irvin, even though he's getting really old um, and has not been as productive the past few years in the 17 teams he's played for since he left the first time. <laughs> Still a really good outside linebacker. They have the best, I think, linebacking corpse in the NFL. Their DBs, also great. Traded for Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams yeah. is a stud. Quandre Diggs, stud. Quentin Dunbar, usually a stud. We'll see if he continues to be a stud. Shaqu- yeah. Shaquille Griffin, stud. Once again, they're great. My major concern is up front. Um, yeah. They they lost the one piece they had in pass rushing format and Jadavian Clowney. Um, they run uh, they run a um, um, well it looks like here they run like a three three five. Um, but they they I'm concerned with this 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 front line because even though their linebacking corpse is great. If you go against a team, in my opinion, with a solid running game, even though you stack it, if they can chip away, get past that first level and get to the second level each time at four to five yards of carry, that's a first down every time. I'm also afraid that unless they draw up a whole bunch of really good schemes to get the rush going, um, that any quarterback is going to have a good bit of time to throw against um, the Seahawks. The the benefit of having a Jadavian Clowney and and the former, like, um, great rushing artists that they've had is that you didn't have to necessarily stack them and send everyone, um, everyone in the backfield because you could, ba- you could count on Jadavian Clowney disrupting it enough to where you could still have great coverage. Um, yeah. that's my only major concern. I know this one's short for the Seahawks. This is still a great, well-rounded team. They went, um, 11 and 5 last year. This is still, still a great team, in my opinion. Um, I, I think my only concern is the tight end position, maybe the offensive line, um, as they brought in some guys from other teams and, and they have a rookie starting, and then their defensive line. Um, but this, I mean, this defense is still scary to throw against. Um, that linebacking corpse is scary. Um, I just want to see how they disrupt anything with this defensive line what do you think yeah man you i mean you made a lot of the same points that i was going to talk about so i won't spend too much time on them um i agree with you about um chris carson i just realized that chris carson's from oklahoma state so i can't like him as much as i used to i did not realize though that he was a seventh round pick or i think i might have known that at some time but i forgot that he was a seventh round pick um which he's like you said, man. He's emerged as as, to, as one of the better running backs over the past couple of years. Um, yeah. I love that they've added Carlos Hyde. I think you, you're you're spot on on that on that take, man. You're absolutely right when you said that Carlos Hyde is not good when he has to be the main guy, but when he can um, just come in and focus on backing up Chris Carson or whatever. Uh, Carlos Hyde's going to get some carries this year and be productive with it. Same thing with Travis Homer. Um, and then don't forget, at some point this year, they possibly have Rashad Penny coming back, too. Um, so that running game was really good last year. I don't have any questions about them this year. 
Uh, wide receiver would be the only place maybe offensively that I have question marks about them outside of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, I want to see if DK Metcalf can take that, that next step and really emerge um, as a wide receiver too, kind of like what we saw Juju Smith-Schuster become in his second year. Um, now, obviously, since then, he's kind of fallen off. Part of that has to do with Big Ben. But can DK Metcalf take that next step to become a legit wide receiver too? Um Will they be able to get anything out of Josh Gordon? Can he kind of keep his craft together long enough to be just mm. decent, man? Um, if, Josh, if Josh Gordon can just play, he doesn't even have to be good, dude. But if he can stay on the field for 12 games this year and just kind of be a decoy, I mean, this Seattle Seahawks team is going to be super dangerous when it comes to passing the ball. When you talk about Russell Wilson, uh and then, I mean, you got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Josh Gordon spreading the field. That's that's uh, that's scary. Um, what they'd be able to do if Josh Gordon can can get on the field and stay stay out of trouble. Uh, interested to see who that right now. What I'm looking at on ESPN, they've got Greg Olson slated to start. I don't know if Will Disley is still hurt. Unlike you, I am pretty high on Will Disley. I had him in fantasy football. He did really well for me until he got hurt. Um, that's actually kind of the reason I'm high on him. I don't even know if he's really good, but he, he helped me do well in fantasy. So that's kind of how I, uh, how I judge things now that it's fantasy football season. Um, and then I think this line is going to take that next step. If they can protect Russell Wilson, I think, I think that this Cardinal or Cardinal, this Seahawks, the offense can be really good, like you're saying. Um, defensively, I, I'm, I'm with you. The only questions I have is, is this pass rush. Um, like you said, their linebacker, they have one of the best line, linebacking group in the, in the, in the, uh, in the NFL. And then this secondary is sneaky good too. I don't know that they're Legion of Boom good, but I don't think that they're too far off either. Um, you're talking about Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs replacing, you know, like Cam Kanzler and, and Earl Thomas. And I think Jamal Adams is, is just as good at his age as Earl Thomas was, if not maybe a little bit better. Uh, Quandre Diggs as well. Uh, Quentin Dunbar and Shaquille Griffin. Um, Shaquille Griffin struggled a little bit last year, um, but he's also had times when he's really blossomed. So I think, I think that, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be really good too. Um, it's just going to be, can they get enough pass rush, um, from Puna Ford, Jerron Reed? Benson Mayoya and uh and Rasheen Green man. So I like I like this team as well. They also need LJ Collier who they took out of uh TCU last year. He's gotta do something this year. I think he might have been hurt possibly last year, but he's gotta he's he was pretty high coming out of TCU last year and, and they really need him to take that next step. If they can get production out of him, then they should be fine um uh, from a pass rushing standpoint as well. So um and then Pete Carroll, man, I love Pete Carroll. I, I think I think he he always does really good, does really good with this team. Uh, the Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Seahawks won eleven games last year. Uh, do you have them over, under, or the same? Tough. <sighs> I'm gonna sigh one more time for a good measure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think I'm going to have them. They have a, a fairly easy schedule. I think their biggest competition will maybe would be their division, really. Um, yeah. 
which I think they'll split everyone there. So if they split everyone and win the rest, then technically that would be 12 wins, but I think they'll lose one somewhere else. I think they're going to be the same. Um, I don't think they'll yeah. go under. I don't think if, – if they go under, the lowest they'll fall is 10 and 6, but I can't see that happening. So I'm going to say they're, they're going to be the same at 11 and 5. Yeah, um, I, I went back – I'm going back and forth on it, but it, it, I'm with you, man. It's either going to be 12 and 4 or 11 and 5. Um, I've got them going 12 and 4 right now, um, but I, 11 and 5 it wouldn't surprise me either. So this team – they're just, they're really good this year. I think this might be the year that they kindly, finally kind of get to put everything together. Um, so yeah. So you said Super Bowl champions? Yeah. What were you saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, tune in next week to see who our Super Bowl champions will be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the last team of the division, the reigning Super Bowl losers. The San Francisco 49ers, Donatus, start us off on them. Oh, man, I forgot we are starting off. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, as Aaron alluded to, the reigning Super Bowl losers. I like that. Forget the fact that they went 13-3 and and, and dominated pretty much the NFC. They are the reigning Super Bowl losers. Shout out to Kyle Shanahan on, on that one. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Well, the 49ers, man, building actually building off of what you just said, I want to see if last year was a fluke or not. Um, now, I don't, I don't think that they'll, you know, they'll lose significantly. They'll lose a lot of games this year, um, but I want to see if they can build off of last year's success. They came in and really surprised a lot of people last year. Um, any year, I mean, we've seen it with again, we've seen it with the Rams and we've seen it with the Falcons. That next year after you lose the Super Bowl, um, you're just not the same team. Now, whether that's because you lost the Super Bowl or what, I, I don't really know. But um, it's going to be interesting to see if and how they're able to bounce back from that Super Bowl loss. Um, the 49ers had that game, and then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan happened, and they ended up losing that game. Um, <laughs> can Jimmy G be as good as he was last year? Um, he wasn't an elite quarterback, but he was really good at doing what they were asking him to to do, which is turn around and hand the ball off, but then also make make the throws when we need you to make those throws. Um, can he be that? Can he can he be as good as he was last year? Uh, their biggest question mark, I think, um, from last year to this year is what do their wide receivers look like? Um, Debo Samuel's gonna miss this first month, I believe, with an injury. Um, outside of him, they drafted Brandon Ayuk out of, uh, Arizona State, I think. Might have been Arizona. Um, who, I think Kyle Shanahan's gonna move him around and be able to do some creative stuff with him. Um, Dante Pettis, who's been a bust, and then Trent Taylor, who's been okay. Um, and then Kendrick Bourne, who's been decent. They've got George Kittle. No questions about him unless uh, outside of him staying healthy. He just got paid, so look for him to have a big year. Uh, can they do anything with Jordan Reed, man? Jordan Reed, I think you'll remember, um, there was a time when he was healthy. I thought at least that Jordan Reed was probably a top ten tight end in the league when he was with Washington. Um, his biggest problem has been concussions, and so um, can they get anything outside of him? This offensive line is still good. They don't really have a lot of depth at the guard position out behind Lake and, Lake and Tomlinson 
and Daniel Brunskill. Um, but Trent Williams coming from Washington is going to be good. Mike McGlinchey is going to be good. Ben Garland is going to be good. Um, and then even backing them up, they've got Weston Richburg and, uh, and Tom Compton as well. So, uh, defensively, I don't have too many questions about them. Um, they did trade, um, DeForest Buckner, but I want to see if they have enough depth, um, pass rush wise. They've got D Ford, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa. Uh, they drafted Javon Kinlon, but they've got Solomon Thomas and DJ Jones. So this, this defensive line is, is really good. They've got a lot of depth there. Um, linebacker, linebacker wise, they don't really have anything outside of Quan Alexander. Um, so I want to see can Dre Greenlaw and, and Fred Warner be, will they be able to do anything, um, to help Quan Alexander out? And then their defensive backmen, Richard Sherman's kind of getting up there in age. Can he continue to produce at a high level like he did last year? Um, he's 32, so, you know, that's kind of towards the end of his prime. Um, and then just want to see what ha- what comes from Jaquisky, Tart, Jimmy Ward, and Emmanuel Mosley. Um, so I don't know, man. A lot of this is going to be if there is any Super Bowl hangover, and if so, what what is the um, what is the result on this season? Um, so yeah, that's kind of it for that I have for the uh, for the San Francisco Forty ers So <sighs> here's my thing. I don't think they addressed wide receiver much this offseason. Right. They, they drafted Brandon Ayuk, and that was it. Um, I'm interested to see how he does. I heard he got hurt a few weeks ago. I don't know if he's yeah. over that or not. Uh, we know that Jimmy Garoppolo struggled throwing the ball at the end of the season. I find it interesting that um, at least the depth chart I'm looking at, let me go see if it's on the ESPN one as well. But they're, yep, but they're running back who is named the starter on this is Raheem Mostert, which um, he didn't really come on until the end of the season. His his player history is nothing but signed and waived, signed and waived, practice squad, signed and waived, signed and waived. Um, And now he is the starter. Is that a legitimate starter? Is it not? Um, uh, Also, uh, Tevin Coleman, I don't think we know exactly what they have in Tevin Coleman because I think he started to get hot. If I remember correctly, he started to get hot last year, and then he got hurt. Um, they let Brita go, who I think was their main running back last year maybe. Um, Jarek McKinnon was hurt all last year, and they kept him around. He was supposed to be their starter last year, and then he got hurt, and then they did running back by committee, which is how their offense kind of works. So I, this this running back game, I want to know, is this sustainable? Because this was what they yeah. had last year plus Brita, and it was sustainable for a year, but I want to know, or it was good for a year, I want to know, is this running back grouping sustainable to continue to be the number two run offense in the NFL? Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting when them and Raheem Mostart, Mostert, how do you say his name? Um, uh, what it was early in the summer, he was demanding a trade because they didn't want to give him a better contract. And I was like, oh, that's weird that he's asking, he like, that he's demanding a trade because 
he just went through a wave of of being cut and being signed, so he was finally relevant for the first time. And I was like, well, yeah. I, I bet they cut him. And then they gave him a contract, and I was like, oh, I guess they really do like him. And now he's lo- labeled as a <laughs> starter. Um, so between that, they didn't do much at all with the wide receivers. Debo Samuel's a stud. We don't know what Brandon Ayuk's going to be. Um, the other wide receivers, eh, they're all right. Um, and then as far as the defense goes, besides that front four, I'm concerned. They're, they're, they're linebackers, like you said, really nothing to talk about besides Quan Alexander. And though the DBs were great last year, I think a lot of them rose to the occasion with Richard Sherman. Um, and I don't know, once again, I'm going back to the sustainability piece. I don't know if they were those one-year risers and they rose up to Richard Sherman or is it that one year and then they're not going to be able to do it again this year. Like Jimmy Ward's a stud, Richard Sherman's a stud, but Richard Sherman, like you said, is getting old. Jimmy Ward's getting old. He's been in the league for six years now, um, six or seven years now. Um, So And can Emmanuel Mosley on the other side or Tart at the other safety position, um, are they going to be able to play like they did last year? I actually have, even though they went 13 and three, they went to the Super Bowl. I actually have a lot of question marks about this team. Um, the, the the front the front is good. I, I do want to see how uh, Ken Law plays, but outside of that front um, and outside of really the offensive line, I got questions. And I want to see how Trent Williams. Uh, they traded for him. He sat out a year in Washington. I want to see how he bounces back from sitting out for a year. Um, but I, I, I'm actually not sold on this 49ers team. Um, that they, they, they stayed pretty, they stayed untouched with the exception of their DB's coach with their, their, um, with their coaches this offseason. So they, aka they kept Robert Salah, their, um, their DC. But, um, I don't know, man. That I, I I thought this was gonna be the most interesting team, but I'm I'm sitting here looking at the roster and I'm like I I don't know. Like, will Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> actually be dangerous? Um, if not, you got Nick Mullins and C.J. Bethard behind you. Um, yeah. These running backs, uh, they were great for a year, but now that they're still, um, I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, yeah. Over under thirteen, Donatus. What you got? Under. Yeah, they're under, man. Um, I had them going ten and six, uh, but the more that the more that I listen to you talk, man, uh, I think that I don't know they might they might go nine and seven. I I don't think that they lose less than nine games, um, just because Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo this will be their third year doing stuff, and that running game is still good enough to to make a difference. Um, but I think they'll they go either nine and seven or ten and six. What about you? Um, well, this is going to go into my bold prediction here. Uh, <laughs> do you do you want to wait then, or you want to go ahead? Well, if we're going to bold prediction right after this, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'll go ahead and give my over under and my bold prediction. Um, the San Francisco forty. Well, how many wins did I say that LA would win? Seven or eight? Nine. Nine? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said nine. I'm sorry, you said eight. Good. Okay. Uh, San Francisco will be in last in the division this year and will only win six games. 
Wow. They were wow. I, I they, they have they have the give me games, but they also they have a few tough games that the other ones don't have. Like they gotta play the Saints, the others don't play the Saints, they gotta play the Bills, the others don't play the Bills. Um the Patriots is a toss up. Uh depends if, if Cam really comes out or not. Uh they're gonna start out with the I know I said that the 49ers were going to beat the Cardinals week one. I'm not sold on that now. They do get the Jets and Giants after that, but I'm not sold on them beating the Eagles. I I, I just – teams don't have a good track record when they lose yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then now that I look at that the depth chart, yeah. and I really see that they didn't really address the wide receiver spot to help out Garoppolo. Um, I know Jordan Reed has been good before, but he has been – Riddled with injuries, um, I'm actually worried about George Kittle on my fantasy team because I'm looking at it yeah. and I'm like, I don't think they're going to be that good. Um, maybe they prove me wrong, but I, I, I think that the hangover is going to be real. I don't think they addressed enough positions because they were so good last year. They didn't feel like they needed to, um, and I, I don't think that running back game is sustainable. I really don't. Um, yeah. I'm worried about. Like, Jarek McKinnon is coming from, I think it was a torn ACL, being out for an entire year. Tevin Coleman was not able to live up to what he was supposed to outside of Atlanta and got hurt. And I, I want the story of Raheem Mostert, Mostert, whatever, to be real, but I don't believe in it. And the run game is what made them last year, and I don't think that's going to be possible this year. They only won six games. Yeah, um I don't know about six, but I, I think I'm going to bump them down to nine, which is not a lot. But it's uh, yeah, I, yeah. The more you talk, the more you talk, the more I realize there there's a ton of question marks about this team. Um, but six games, man, that's a heck of a bold prediction. I I, uh, I don't know, man. That's that, I don't know. That's hard. That's hard to argue with. But at the same time, six games is not a lot either. Um, they play the they play the Giants and the Jets. Miami, Washington. That's four. Oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe they do. Did you you see the rest of their schedule? <laughs> I mean, they got they got the Packers, the Saints, the Bills. I mean, they have they have teams. In order for them not to do six, they have to split with everybody in their division, and that would take them to seven. But I I I really feel like the Seahawks can sweep them. Um, I think they'll they'll split with the Cardinals. I mean, they they have a much tougher schedule than the rest of their division does. Right. You're um, right. Yeah. And, and really, they they have three different teams that others don't play, and those three teams are really good teams. So, um, I mean, they, they could realistically only win six this year. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, they 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 go to Dallas. It's like you said. It's possible. It's possible they get swept by Seattle. Um, which, if you have them losing that Arizona game, that gives Arizona nine wins, possibly ten. So you have Arizona winning ten games now instead of. Nah, they lose another one somewhere. They get too excited and <laughs> lose a different one. Oh, that's funny, man. Not uh, playing your game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my bold prediction: is they only win six games. They go far under thirteen wins. Um, and San Fran has to reevaluate. Shanahan is safe. They just have to reevaluate how they're going to attack next off season. Um, what, what, what are you? Over, you already said yours was under. Um, all right, what's your ball yeah. prediction then? Yeah. 
My bold prediction probably would have been a bolder prediction than yours. It may still be, but possibly not. I've got Russell Wilson winning MVP this year. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my questions on the thing was, were the, will they let Russ cook this year? And I think I think this is the year that Russell Wilson gets to cooking, man. Um, I think he, I think he's going to have a big year. He was he was in the MVP talk last year, and then who, Lamar Jackson. It seems like for the past two or three years, Russell Wilson has been in that MVP talk, but then Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson happened, and people just kind of forgot about Russell Wilson, who I think we both have been high on. We both have said if we're starting a team, Russell Wilson's going to be one of those top three quarterbacks that we're building a team around. Um, I think this is the year that he that he proves everybody what his worth is, and I think he finds a way to win the MVP this year. I can 100% see that. Um, so it's going to be either him or Cam. We'll see because we've now both claimed. Yeah. Yeah, we've claimed someone's going to win. The, we both called the MVP shot, so now we got to cheer for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. That's oh, right. man. So I guess, I guess we both have the same winner then. Who, who do you have winning this division? Seahawks. Yeah, same here. I was hoping that we'd be different on that. I really thought you were going to go with the 49ers. So when I picked the Seahawks to win, I was like, finally, we disagree on a winner. But no, <laughs> you've got this. You've got the 49ers winning six games, which means we have the same winner. Yeah, I got them in last place now. Um, I did. I did to them like what I did to uh, what I did to um, the Steelers. I put the Steelers in last place. In my 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 take. That they'll be in the last place. I'm not sold on that anymore, not because I think Ben Roethlisberger will be good, but because they signed Josh Dobbs um, oh, this yeah. offseason. And I'm not convinced that Josh Dobbs was, was cut because he wasn't any good. I think he was cut because the Jaguars just wanted to completely start brand new. Um, yeah. And so I think if Roethlisberger goes down, he's going to reel on his former Pittsburgh knowledge and that all of a sudden they're not in a terrible backup situation like they were before. Um, granted, somewhere along the lines, they thought that um, that Mason Rudolph was going to be better than Josh Dobbs. And Joe <laughs> Clemmel, he, he got hit in the head with a helmet. So <laughs> I know we're not here to talk about the ASB North, but I was just comparing that we that I I you uh, I put them in the cellar, San Fran with a. Uh, with Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh may not be the <laughs> cellar dwellers anymore. All right, anything you – I'm just rambling now. Anything you have left for the people? Yeah, just uh, one last question for you. I'm dropping this on you at the last moment. But uh, so we both do fantasy. We're both big on fantasy football. I encourage you, if you haven't done fantasy football, to look into it. It's the most fun you'll have in a year. It's also the most frustrating you'll get on a given week. Um, do you have – one or two fantasy football sleepers to uh, to leave, leave our people with. Okay, so I'm going to give you two sleepers. One of them uh, is you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, it's not a real thing. First, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, sleeper this year. Everybody's okay. hating on him. Everyone's saying that he's overrated, he's a bust. Everyone is saying, you know, third year, make it or break it. Um, I actually read an article where they simulated the entire Madden season this year, and the 
Browns were actually just as bad as they were last year. But that's not the point. The point is <laughs> Baker has been, from a Browns fan who is staying focused and watching what's going on uh, within the Browns organization, Baker's been laser-focused. The offense has been laser-focused. You've noticed that the only people that have mentioned the Browns are analysts. The Browns don't even mention the Browns. Um, I genuinely think Baker's going to cook it up this year, and he's going to end up being a top-10 point value uh, quarterback in the NFL in fantasy football this year. Uh, so, one, Baker Mayfield, I, I think if you can – I stole him in the 12th round of our draft. I think if you can yeah. steal him at the end, have him as a backup quarterback, just see if he cooks it up. See if he – I'm taking your, your line now. I mean, his name's Baker. So, see if he can cook it up. Um, and if not, feel free to cut him free, and I was wrong. My other sleeper. My other sleeper. I didn't have another one, but now I'm going to think of another one. Um, ooh. Do you have one? Let me think of another sleeper. Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, I've got both of them in the, in the league that we play in, and then I, I lost one of them of in the other league I'm in. I've got, uh, Justin Jefferson. I think oh, is okay. going to emerge as a. I, I don't know. I don't know when he finishes, but I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes top fifteen, top twenty wide receiver. Um, that's because Adam Thielen's good to get hurt for you know at least four to six games, which just leaves Justin Jefferson. Um, the amount of targets that he's going to see when Adam Thielen misses those four to six games, um, and he's he's such a smooth route runner, um, and I think he. When Thielen is healthy, he's not going to have to worry about playing, about seeing the other team's top corner. Um, so that's going to allow him to be like a Calvin Ridley or a Jarvis Landry. Not that they're the same, but you know, so many corners are focused on Odell Beckham Jr. that it allows Jarvis Landry to, to really eat a lot of those targets and receptions. Um, I think it's going to be the same way for Justin Jefferson. My second one that I'm super high on which it doesn't make me look as, like, wow now, but is Antonio Gibson, who's the starting running back now for the Washington football team. Um, I think Antonio Gibson's going to have a huge year, and that's because the Washington football team, they, one, they have a terrible name, and, two, they're so bad that it's going to be up to Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson to do something um, relevant, which feeds in really well when you have uh, – when you're playing fantasy. So if you're looking for a running back and you're, you don't have running backs as the, the, uh, running backs this year are super shallow, go ahead and pick up Antonio Gibson. Uh, you can trust me that he's going to have a, a pretty big year this year. All right. I got my next one. Uh, right, I actually have, I have two more. Two more. Oh, and then yeah. I, so the first one I'm going to give is one who was a fantasy football elite. I forgot about him. I drafted him in our, our draft. Um, and he fell from graces over the past two seasons, and he's getting a brand-new start. Uh, David Johnson with running back uh. for the Texans. Normally, yes, I would you would say, well, he's been a stud before. He can't be considered a sleeper. Well, he fell off like the biggest fall off you could. He really only had one season. I think he's going to be looking to make up ground there. Um, And he gets a fresh start. I mean, granted, he has to be with Bill O'Brien, but he at least is on the same field as Deshaun Watson. So even though he is a part of the biggest, most laughable trade in recent history, 
Um, I think he's going to take that chip on his shoulder and his brand-new team and tear it up on the field because uh, the only person behind him is Duke Johnson, um, who I am a big fan of. However, they don't know how to use him. So he's def- so David Johnson is definitely going to get a majority of the touches. Um, and then this is for your deep, deep, deep leagues. If you are in a oh, league wow. that has 25 people, this is for you. <laughs> so <laughs> but we're going back to this nice uh, team in Cleveland um, <laughs> who held on Damn, to man. who held on to four tight ends. And we're going to key in on one of those tight ends. He's a rookie drafted. I believe we took him in the fourth round. Harrison Bryant is um, is a name that I think that you are going to hear a lot out of Cleveland. Um, obviously, we signed Austin Hooper. Uh, I expect big things from him, even though fantasy doesn't. Um, next in line is typically David Njoku, who I am a big fan of, and I think they will tear up the NFL together. But I'm not sure David Njoku is fully bought into being the number two wide or number two tight end who will still get touches. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of Harrison Bryant this year. Um, he, from what I have seen, from videos I have watched, from what I have heard, Hillman Baker have been connecting like crazy um, during the off season, um, and he is a large target with nice hands. Um, and I think there's a good chance that we trade David Njoku and that our number two tight, or maybe not trade him. Um, we'll probably trade him. I don't know. Um, cause we need four <laughs> tight ends, but we're a two tight end team now. But anyway, um, I think you're going to hear Harrison Bryant's name. He's going to be a great tight end if you are searching for a tight end, cause those are really hard to come by. Those are my sleepers. Two Browns and a Texan. <laughs> nice. I like it. Those are I like the Harrison Bryant thing, man. Um, I think it depends where he ends up falling on that tight end depth chart, but uh, that's not I'm not I'm not opposed to that. I think that's, that's I think if he gets if he if he somehow whether they trade in Joku or um, if Bryant just somehow finds a way to beat him out, um, like you said, the, Kevin Stefanski is known for having two tight ends. I think uh, I think Harrison Bryant could really emerge as a as a fantasy football sleeper on that Cleveland Browns team at that second uh, tight end, especially if him and, and Baker are already hitting it off, man. If Baker if Baker finds somebody that he likes, you've seen it with Landry, you've seen it with uh, Rashard Higgins. If, if Baker likes you, man, he's going to feed you. So uh, that's that's a good point on your part. I like that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and he will. And where the that chart I've been using the whole time is from. A website called Our Lads. Um, I'd never heard of them until we started doing this podcast, but they have him lined up uh, second behind um, behind Njoku, and I think our two tight end set. He would he would be first. He would be first up if Njoku went out. Um, and so, if there is trouble in um, in Cleveland, and Njoku's not having it, or he's not performing well, or he gets hurt again. Um, you're going to definitely see Brian on the field because Stefanski likes a two tight end set, um, and I think he can eat this year um, if given the chance. So there we are. I like it. I like All it. All right. <laughs> there is. I know it's a month later, but there is another episode of Once Upon East 112. We wanted to make sure we got it in because football comes back this Thursday. Um, whoop, whoop. 
Whoop, whoop. So next week, we're going to do a little blend of, of probably talk about some of the, the highlights from the week as well as kind of give some of our um, playoff takes based on our predictions and maybe even based on some knowledge of week one. Like, for example, if the Bucks end up getting throttled by the Saints, that we fall off the Bucks bandwagon, or not, even though we both have the Saints winning that division, do we fall off that bandwagon or not? Um, so all that will happen next week. Um, hope you all have a great week, and we're out.